Hello, 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 beautiful people, and welcome to Startup for Creativepreneurs. If you are a creative, freelancer, or consultant, this podcast has been made especially for you. My name is Nobandumudise. I am a multimedia journalist, media entrepreneur, and speaker. I am the founder of a strategic communications agency called Afrophilia Communications. I am also editor-in-chief of Afrophilia Magazine and a judge for the South African Social Media Awards. In my voluntary capacity, I serve as Director of Communications for Wikimedia South Africa's chapter, and I'm an advisory board member of Ascenti Kenya. I am drawing from my experience in custom publishing, digital marketing, press management, and sustainability communications for African and international clients to produce this mini-podcast series. In this series, I get to share practical and creative solutions on how you can start and manage your own business. Through the next three episodes, supported by the Dove platform, which is a project of the Goethe Institute in partnership with the GIZ on behalf of the German Ministry for Economic Cooperation, I will be sharing with you information and ideas on how to commercialize your skills, how to manage your business, and how to find work. I am of the firm belief that it is more than possible to be creative and free-spirited, but still run a structured, profitable business. And this is how. Welcome to episode one, and we are looking at commercializing your skills. A very, very essential first step. And I'm guessing you may be an absolute genius at what you do. You may be such an incredible storyteller that you literally create worlds within our world. You may be a master ideator. You may make the pot sing. Or you may be the artist that this world was just never ready for. But somehow, when it comes to talking about money, maybe the genius just kind of starts to leave the equation. Not to worry. A lot of us have been there before, so we'll get into that. But... Essentially, we want to make sure that you do assert yourself and kind of move out from that phase where a lot of people find themselves. They feel bad about asking for money. And in fact, you're not asking. You're actually just asserting yourself and making sure that your work receives the due credit that it is worth and that you get paid what the work is worth. Maybe you just may be one of those people who feels like, eh, admin, not quite my thing. You love the work, but then all of a sudden, when it comes to now, those financial discussions, sending invoices, the admin, dealing with taxes, you feel like, ah, too cumbersome. Not for me. Either way, we'll get to that. But the most essential thing is that you start to commercialize those skills. Right. And I get it because some of what I've just mentioned before has been an issue for me and I've also observed it in friends and other colleagues. But the punchline is it's not an unusual place to find yourself in. But it definitely shouldn't be the place where you stay stuck forever. Right. Let me introduce myself to you a bit more so you can actually see how deep this thing runs. Okay. I am first and foremost a lover of the arts. I paint with light. I paint with graphics. I paint with words and to the best of my ability, I conceptualize things that uplift the human condition. When I apply myself 
And yes, I did not say when I work. When I apply myself, I feel uplifted. I feel energized. I feel like I am creating something that matters, that has impact. And it is so tangible as and when it's coming together for me. I definitely get a sense of confidence that no one else can give me. Reason being, with each thing that I commit myself to, I'm just growing more and more into my own as much as I am empowering others. And that is something that words cannot describe. That is a power, that is an upliftment that no one else can give you. And when I'm in that state, the last thing I'm thinking about is the money. Um, and I'm so much more cognizant of the broader impact and the societal and psychological and emotional value that thinking about money sometimes feels so foreign and unrelated, at least it did before. But now I just had to get to a point where I realized that other people may have felt okay with getting away with great work for less, but I definitely had to acknowledge that I was hurting myself and not just hurting myself in the immediate well, situation, but also in the long term. See, in a situation like that, you may feel like, oh, it's okay. I've still got, you know, a roof over my head. I'm eating and we definitely should be grateful for all those essentials that we need to live. But how are the investments doing? How are the savings? Do you have good medical care? Will you be able to afford to retire someday? In fact, when you really, really think about it, how many creatives do you know that have actually managed to retire in peace and comfort? So many other people in different disciplines actually get sometimes a premium for doing work that comes easily and naturally to them. And they don't feel bad about getting that money. The question is, why do you as a creative feel that way? Why do you, as a freelancer, feel that way? So it really is about now breaking that myth and breaking that mental boundary. That myth that tells you that, oh, you know, if you're financially savvy as a creative, you're not deep anymore, you're superficial, you're fake, you're phony, um, and all these other things, you're not real anymore, you know, almost like struggling and poverty is the pinnacle of good art, which it isn't, right? So if people in so many other industries can do well and take care of their families for doing what they have an affinity for, why not us? It definitely is possible to run a profitable business and not be selling your soul, not be selling yourself. It's possible. I know that. I live that. And this is why I'm sharing these tools so that can be your reality. For me, at a personal level, when I see someone young, someone talented, someone at the prime of their life, struggling financially, not living in a secure way, feeling 
embarrassed, begging for opportunities, desperate for opportunities, breaks my heart. Especially when I see where we are as a continent now, where we have so many intelligent, capable, wonderful young people who are doing just incredible things, incredible things that no one else in the world is creating. And they're just struggling in the prime of their lives. It just doesn't make sense and it just shouldn't be our reality. So that's what this platform is here for. And I'm going to share what I know. I really hope that a lot of you actually just connect and we actually exchange a lot of information and help each other just get those levels up. Help each other to be more productive, help each other to succeed. Right, so we're getting down into commercializing our skills, right? So the first myth that we're busting is, as I just mentioned before, the whole, you know, if you're financially savvy, you're a sellout, you're fake, you're superficial, etc. Yeah, okay, so as an African, uh, I feel a bit disappointed that I have to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, we all really have to embrace the fact that slavery is over. Can we do that? Can we do that together? Can you repeat after me? Slavery is over. Especially you empaths with those big, big hearts who are so, so generous. It's a superpower. It's a wonderful thing to have. It's a wonderful kind of person to be. We need more empathetic people in the world, but we don't need any more slavery. So if you just please embrace that and move forward with that, it's not a bad thing for you to be paid the value of your work. If anything, you're giving someone the opportunity to respect you to bring some goodness into the world, into our commercial system. Let's put it that way, all right? So here we are creating this new economy where it's no longer just the doctors and the engineers and the lawyers who have, you know, those prestigious careers that are perceived, perceived to be the most lucrative ones. Let's now get to a point where we can actually see this new creative economy where we now have different business models, working business models, business models that get us, you know, profit to be having an economy, a landscape where people have now learned to attribute to us the value of our work and that they recognize the value of the work. Right. Okay. So the first step of commercializing your skills is, and it has that central word in its skills, is conducting a personal skills audit. This is important. And it needs to be more than just a review of your CV and your job titles. Really get down into what you had to do to conduct your different duties. So for example, you may have been a graphic designer, but maybe you did a whole lot more than just design, right? Maybe you negotiated contracts. That's negotiation. Very important skill. Maybe you did some kind of lead generation, signing on new clients. Maybe you did onboardings. Uh, maybe you're also capable of designing workshops. You see where I'm going with this. It's more than now just about a role or a title. More about breaking down different skills and your capacity to dig into them. And so we take the skills audit, make this list as long as you can, and also very importantly, sit and reflect 
what did you really have an affinity for? What did you love? What would you like to dig into some more? Because if we're honest, no one really is one dimensional. We all have quite a bit going on to us. So it really is worth exploring what you're capable of or what you can do. Right, so we take this list and now we go into step two. Step two, which is now designing packages around those skill sets. And what we're doing when you're designing these packages is now we're getting to a point where we're designing something that different people in different price points can commit to. And so now this is like sowing many seeds out into a field and giving yourself an opportunity to get a harvest here, a harvest there, a harvest someplace else. Sometimes it may be the service that you think is going to take off that doesn't really, and another one does. Try not to feel frustrated by that. It's just the reality of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes it's the things you suspect the least that just take off. Life will humble you like that when you're an entrepreneur, but roll with it, right? So now we've gone from the list, we've taken the list and we've designed packages. From designing the packages, if, you, if you're able to form partnerships with other people. So this is now going to help you get things done quicker. Because think about it, you're a person, you can get sick. There can be an emergency, right? It's not ideal for business to shut down because you need, you know, a bit of time off. So we've got our list, we've taken our list, designed packages. We've designed packages and now we are assembling a team. It can be a team of freelancers, right? Doesn't mean you have to commit to hiring people off the bat. So now you've got a team or people you can collaborate with or some kind of system that you're working with so that things get done quickly, right? Or let's say quicker, right? Let's not do rush jobs and let's not end up on TV series like I blew it. Okay, so from here now, instead of selling once-off jobs, which I mean, it's instinctive. Sometimes you want to take what you can get your hands on. Not ideal, but I understand life happens. Now we want to get retainers. So a retainer, for those who may not be familiar with the concept, a retainer is a lot, a retainer, sorry, English bundles, people, English bundles, forgive me. Um, retainer is a long-term contract signed between you and the client. And yes, you heard the keyword there, long-term. So we're talking a minimum of nine months, can be nine months, 12 months, can be 24. You sign off the long-term contract. And what this does is it begins to give you some kind of financial security. When you're doing once-off jobs, you don't know. You could have work for two months, no work for a month, work for three months, no work for six months, right? It's very difficult to plan your life. It's very difficult to live up to commitments. It's very difficult to, to do much in that kind of situation. But now if you have retainers, long-term contracts, you are able to plan your life better. You have some kind of financial security. Risk is a very natural part of life. But I've noticed as an entrepreneur that if you expose yourself to a great deal of instability over a long term, has a very negative impact on your, psych on your psyche, essentially. Um, and this is why sometimes you see entrepreneurs struggling with anxiety, right? But that's a different conversation for a different day, okay? Now we have retainers, okay? Um, and from there, 
Now you're wondering, okay, so we have an idea of where we're taking these things. We know what service we're offering. We know what we're gunning for, long-term contracts. But what kind of numbers do I put on this thing, right? And this is where, this is a very useful tool that I've been using for years and years and years. There's an organization called SA Freelancer Association. And every single year, they publish a document on, it's called a rates guide. They break down what different people in different industries charge as freelancers. So some charge per hour, some charge half day, full day, project, per word. It's entirely up to you and your field. But really, really study this document. It will give you an idea of what happens across different provinces, across different job roles. And from there, now get a sense of where to price your work right? So someone who maybe has less than three years of experience will be charging at the lower tiers of the SA freelancer rates, whereas someone who has five, six years more would be charging mid to the top end of what's in the rates. But it is a guide, the keyword, it is a guide. So you also have to look at the nature of the work. You have to look at how much you have to pour in, in terms of resources, in terms of energy, electricity. If you're in South Africa, electricity people. These factors matter, right? And then you also have to account for the things that you are responsible for now because no one's going to pay your medical aid anymore. You are in charge of making sure that your medical premiums are paid for every single month. You have to think about making sure that your life insurance and all of those things are accounted for. So really actually take the time to sit down and consider what is worth my while. How much do I need to be secure? Okay. And take these various factors into consideration in putting down the rates for your packages. Right. So sounds structured because it is. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily have to be as regimented or painful. If you think about it, this is an opportunity for you to craft your life for yourself. It's in your hands to determine how much you get per hour, per day, per week. That is the beauty and the wonderful autonomy that comes with being an entrepreneur. And now you get to enjoy it. You just have to assert yourself a whole lot more than before. As I say to everyone, keeping a free spirit, be yourself, bring your unique personality into the work that you do. I mean, that's the joy of being a creative, of being an entrepreneur, of living in these times, but also definitely assert yourself and make sure that you do get the full value of what you're worth. And that's it for this episode. Catch you in the next one where we now talk about how to run this business smoothly. 